Coming up on Garden Talk. When you have the light really close to your canopy and you don't have this massive amount of infrared spectrum that like an HPSA would have, you're not radiating those plant leaves and just burning them like a crisp and you're also not losing the, the light spread. I think there's a lot of a misconception where people think adding UV or infrared makes a massive difference, even in small quantities. It really, it really doesn't make a big difference when you only have a tiny little bit of it. Light spread is critical. If you can't find a par chart for a light, kind of a red flag to me. Your plant's not going to be able to accept, you know, a high amount of, of PPFD if your environment is not dialed in, your nutrients aren't good to go. It's important to make sure that the company you're buying from has lab tests done on their fixtures so that you know that they're not just making these numbers up. There's a lot of misinformation in the industry and a lot of manufacturers who aren't afraid to lie. What's up, everybody? If you that don't know me, my name is Chris, a.k.a. Mr. Growit. And you're tuned into the Garden Talk podcast. This is episode number 18. In this episode, I interview Austin from ChillTech. Austin has been working for ChillTech for a year and a half, and he has some excellent knowledge when it comes to LED grow lights. So I figured he'd be a great person to sit down with and talk about things to look for when buying an LED grow light. A buyer's guide, as some may call it. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and click the bell to be notified when I release a new video. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating or review. Those things help the podcast with ranking and also helps reach more listeners. If you want to support the podcast even more, I do have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash mrgrowit. And there are various tiers that you can choose from on there. I'll also link it down in the description section below if you're watching on YouTube. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Dutch Pro Nutrients. Dutch Pro sent me over their entire lineup of nutrients and I'll be using them in an upcoming grow. They are a plant fertilizer company that was established in Amsterdam 30 years ago, so they've been around for quite some time. Their nutrients are available in several countries across the world, and they have everything needed for proper plant nutrition. They have different base nutrients, depending on if you're in soil or cocoa, hydro, and they also have different base nutrients if you're using hard water or RO water to really dial things in. They also have pH regulators and additives such as CalMag, silica, a PK booster, and more. I'll leave a link to their Amazon store down in the description section below for those of you on YouTube. And you can use discount code MrGrowIt10DP for a discount on their products. All right, now let's get into the episode. All right, we are back here with Austin from Chilt Tech. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be talking all about grow lights today. And uh, really, I wanted this video to be more about what the consumer should look for when buying a grow light, right? There are so many different things that people can look for. For somebody who's new to gardening, just starting to grow indoors, making their first grow light purchase or whatever, there's just so many different things. It can be, frankly, overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I thought you would be a perfect fit. You work for Chill Tech, a lighting company. Yeah. And uh, you talk with customers all the time about mm-hmm. this. So I thought you would be the perfect person on this talk. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. My name's Austin. Uh, I work for Chill Tech. I've been working for Chill Tech since January of last year. And really, before Chill Tech, I never really had much growing experience at all. I mean, my mother, she was someone who always kind of had a green thumb. And I always found it interesting. But truthfully, I was a gearhead and I like building computers. I didn't really spend much time in the garden. But you know, starting at Chill Tech is really, it's really opened up my world. It, it's truthfully, I've learned so much in this just, you know, it's been about a year and a half and I've kind of developed a passion for plants, you know, truthfully, all of them. I mean, I'd, for me, I really like pepper plants. I think they're really, really fun and exciting and there's so many different species and 
you know, I love spicy food, so it's kind of fun. But I've really just uh, I've discovered the value of, of growing. So uh, just been learning more and more every day. But yeah, like you said, I talk with people all the time. You know. Uh, who are looking for their new grow light, and it's a it's it's a tough industry. There's a lot of misinformation and marketing that is misleading, and you know all these companies they 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 really sometimes I feel like focus on the wrong things. Uh, but hopefully I can help do my best to explain, you know, because like you said, I talk to a lot of people about these things. So that's a little bit about me, and so uh, we can go ahead and jump right into it. Nice, yeah. And before we actually get into the nitty-gritty of things, Austin's not paying me anything. Chill Tech isn't paying me anything. I just want to make that clear. Um, however, I am affiliated with uh, Chill Tech. That's a company that I stand by. I have an affiliate uh, coupon code to where I get referral fees. You can use code MrGrowIt to get a percentage off. And I think this month, June, we've got something special mm-hmm. going on, right? So right now, all affiliate codes, including yours, are worth 10%, up from the 5%. All affiliates only get 5%, but right now you're bumped up to 10%, um, which if you know anything about Chilled, we don't often offer that big of a discount for you know for coupon codes. It's not stackable, but right now, yeah, you can get that 10%, uh, which will take you down from the already sale price. So it's, it's really a great time to buy. Awesome. Cool. I'll also leave a link to Chilled Tech down in the description section below along with the coupon code, so you can easily navigate to that. So mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, let's get into it. So uh, talking about grow lights and what consumers can kind of look for, like ultimate buyer's guide, what people should be looking for when buying a grow light. Oftentimes I get the question from people, you know, as I think, I believe, you know, I tested grow lights for a year, year and a half. I got my hands on about 50 different grow lights and uh, I grew with a handful of them and did par tests and all that stuff. So I've seen a lot of different grow lights. And so people often come to me and ask me the question, what is the best grow light? That question is kind of difficult to answer. It's kind of like asking, what's the best TV? Right. Well, first, you want to know what size TV are you looking for, right? You're looking for a 32-inch, you're looking for a 50-inch, a 60-inch. Uh, and then once you find the size, you can kind of really narrow down uh, what you're looking at. Um, so, for example, if you're looking for a 3-foot by 3-foot grow space, if that's what you have and you want to cover that area, then you can narrow it down, right? Also, uh, when we talk about coverage area, light distance as well, kind of factoring that in because some of these grow lights, you have to have them 24 inches, 30 inches away. Mm -hmm. So if you're limited on height, if you have a height constraint, right, if you're in a grow tent, for example, and you got that light all the way up, well, what is 24 inches away and how much space do you have for your plant underneath that? So I feel like coverage area is kind of like the number one thing that people should kind of understand first, know first what area you're looking to cover, and then kind of factoring that light distance. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's really, like you said, it's it's important to know the desired coverage area first. That's one of your the biggest things you need to pay attention to. Oftentimes people reach out and go, well, what's your best grow light? Well, that depends, you know. Uh, they're not all able to fit in the same grow spaces. And, and so, for example, we could say a 2x4. Our best 2x4 light is the X3330. And the hanging height for that, we suggest between 12 and 24. But that goes, there's a step further on that. You know, your best hanging height, it depends on the the stage of plant growth you're at. But one of the advantages of Growcraft is how close you can get to the canopy without worrying about, you know, losing that light spread. Like you mentioned, some some lights have to be at at least 24 inches just so that that light can distribute, right? Uh, Whereas Growcraft, you know, it's 
it fits right into that two by four. That X three is just it's like a glove, you know, just enough room where it's not touching the walls or anything. But you really have a smooth canopy light distribution, um, and you don't have to hang the light really high, which in turn gives you a lot better penetration, right? You know, uh, when you have the light really close to your canopy. And you don't have this uh, infrared, uh, the massive amount of infrared spectrum that like an HPSA would have. You're not radiating those plant leaves and just burning them like a crisp. And you're also not losing the, the light spread. So uh, I guess my suggestion for people would be is to, f you know, figure out the, the space that you want to have it in, uh, the dimensions. And then basically from there, you can start to determine, well, you know, which size fixture do I need? But then there's another factor to look at, and that's how many watts per square foot. Typically, I suggest getting around 35 to 40 watts per square foot, and we hold this standard pretty high at Chill Tech. Uh, a lot of people might compare it to other lights and see, well, I can spend you know just this this little amount and get this you know just have just this amount of wattage. Um, but in reality, these companies they've kind of a lot of them stretch how far you can really go with a given amount of wattage at the efficacy that they have, and so you know we hold the standard very high. And like I said. Uh, like the X3 330, for example, in a 2x4, you have about 41 watts per square foot, which is great. That's excellent. Um, good for all plants, even those really, really light-hungry ones, uh, tomatoes and, you know, really anything. And, you you know, since it's a dimmable fixture, you know, you can always dim it down. But to get back to hanging heights, it really depends on what you're growing, what stage of plant growth you're at, um, and the fixture that you have. And then kind of getting into other things that, that people look at. PAR, efficacy, mm -hmm. spectrum. Those are some other things that, that people look at. And there's certainly an argument. Some people prefer to look at some over the other as far as importance, right? Some people right. think PAR is more important than efficacy. For example, some people say, no, efficacy, it's all about mm -hmm. efficacy, then look at PAR. Mm -hmm. um, or some people might say, hey, spectrum. Spectrum's more than that. We'll start looking at spectrum first, then look at PAR, then look at efficacy. So it really comes down to personal preference. Um, let's start with PAR. Yeah. PAR stands for photosynthetically active radiation. It's the energy that the plants use in order to grow, right? So these little little balls of energy called photons, right, that are coming down. Picture them as, as like rain coming down, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then the, the density of photons or how fast it's raining, for example, um, can be measured in like a few different ways, right? So there's PPF and there's PPFD. Do you want to explain what those what those two measurements are for PAR? Yeah, so PPF is photosynthetic photon flux, and that's basically the total amount of light I could say, or I guess you could say total number of photons that a light fixture uh, outputs. And that's basically how you, you can use that number to determine how much total light a given fixture is giving out. But then you can look at PPFD, which is uh, basically the metric you would see like a PAR map shown in for example or, or you could see sometimes you'll see like average uh, ppfd in a given space and so that's uh, photosynthetic photon flux density and so that's the amount of photons in a given area i guess you could say one square foot you know has x amount of uh you know ppfd and so that's kind of the difference between those two um, and like you said they're both in par and that gets into a, di a whole different world where a lot of people aren't familiar with par you know, if you're not, you know, super familiar with growing or you're just getting into growing or you just really don't know a whole lot about grow lights in general, uh, PAR is, it's basically, yeah, it's like the, you could view it as like the energy raining down onto the plants, but it's, it's also, I like to explain it as the way that 
plants see light, right? Or they, it's the energy they can use from that light. Um, as opposed to uh, lumens, a lot of people will reach out and say, hey, you know, I have a, a lumen meter. How many lumens should I be at? And it's, well, you know, you can kind of use that a little bit, but that's really, that's just how the human eye sees light. And so your plant isn't necessarily interested in that. So yeah, I'm glad you brought up PAR and kind of explained PAR because that's, that's half the battle right there. Yeah, and there are some general guidelines for measurements that, that you should look for as a consumer. So for PPF, some numbers that I have here, if you're in a two foot by two foot area, 275 to 375 ends up being in micromoles per second is the PPF measurement. Three foot by three foot area, 600 to 850 micromoles per second. Four foot by four foot area, 1100 to 1500 micromoles per second. Five foot by five foot area, 1500 or greater micromoles per second. Mm -hmm. And those are just general guidance. Those are just general guidance. Some may watch this and and IU that, uh, you know, it's gonna be dependent on plants what plant you're growing, uh, like Austin had mentioned, but those are kind of general guide for what you can look at for PPF. And then when talking about PPFD, kind of narrowing it down, typically 200 to 400 PPFD for seedlings, clones, Mm -hmm. and mother plants, 400 to 600 PPFD for plants in the vegetation stage, Mm -hmm. 600 to 900 PPFD for plants in the flowering stage. And arguably you can do more than that, you can go higher than that if you're supplementing CO2. And again, those are just kind of general ranges that you can go by. And looking at the PAR map, there'll be a lot of companies that have a PAR map on their grow light listings. It'll tell you at the different distances, whether it be 12 inches away, the grow light's 12 inches away from the plants, 24 inches away, Mm -hmm. 30 inches away, whatever, what those PPFD numbers are. So growers often will look at those PAR maps, kind of get an understanding of the light distance, seeing if it will fit within their grow tent, knowing that they have to have their light this far away, and it's going to give them the adequate amount of PAR um, through the different stages of growth. Um, right. That's kind of the, the way I kind of look at it uh, and go about it. Yeah, yeah. I like that you mentioned the, the gen- that's a general guideline because it, it varies so much. Uh, plant genetics, like you mentioned, plant genetics play a huge role in how much uh, you know, total intensity that it can take at each you know, stage of growth. Uh, you know, and the CO2 is another role, but also, you know, your plant's not going to be able to accept, you know, a high amount of, of PPFD if your environment is not dialed in, your nutrients aren't good to go. So, um, that's another thing that I, I, you know, I mentioned to people when they're trying to pick a grow light for us, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I have a two by four, for example, and they'll go, I should just go for the X3, um, 500 watt, right? Which is kind of our three by five light which, you know, has a lot more power than even just the 330. And I kind of say to people, you know, unless you are supplementing CO2, you have everything dialed in, you're really not going to be able to take advantage of the jump from the X3 330 to the X3 500 in a 2x4 space. Um, you really got to have things dialed in. So, I, you know, I just say, hold on, you know, slow down a minute. And you don't need to have way too much light. But, you know, the one thing to consider is that all of our fixtures are dimmable. So you can, you know, from, from five, 5% to hundred percent. So you can always, you know, adjust that. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's good that you say that's kind of a general guideline because it does vary. For sure. And then kind of looking at that, that light output, right? Like PPF is a total light output, right? But how much is that is actually hitting the footprint, right? Your coverage area. 
And so some people look at the light spread across the coverage area. That's something that they consider. They take into consideration when purchasing a grow light. So the bar style lights that Chill has, for example, has excellent light spread um, across the entire canopy. But you get some other grow lights where it's very focused in the dead center of the footprint, mm -hmm. and that's it. So you might have 900 PPFD in the dead center, but as you see on their PAR chart, or some companies actually hide their PAR chart, they mm -hmm. just show that dead center number so they look good. Um, but as you kind of go away from the dead center of the footprint, the light drops off considerably. Right. You're looking at 900 dead center, but it might be like 200 in the corner. Having a light spread evenly across mm -hmm. the footprint is another thing to consider when looking at lights, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Light spread is, is very important. And like I mentioned before, you know, one of the advantages of Growcraft and having the bar design is, yeah, that spread, but yeah, and the ability to, to hang it lower without losing that spread. Because, yeah, if you if you have, one th you know, 1,000 PPFD in the center, but 200 on the edges, you're you're going to get a, not a very great yield on those edges. You're going to have a lot of, lar you know, uh, I guess you'd call it larf or, or really just like, undergrown stuff because it's just it's not getting the intensity that it needs and you're gonna have a really uneven canopy uh, another thing you'll you'll notice with some other style lights uh, the, the more spotlight if you would lights or, or quantum boards and stuff is, is when you have to you have this centralized area in the center that's way more powerful your canopy becomes very uneven and then you know you have your center your canopy is getting all tall and then the edges are short and it just it, it makes that even worse you know right where the center is just getting more and more light and the Outsides are not. So, yeah, again, light spread, very important. Uh, uh, like you said, uh, some companies will actually kind of hide their PAR charts, which to me, deal breaker for me, because you, you've got to have not only tests done by the company, but also third-party tests. You know, we try to send our fixtures to as many people as we can, and we don't, you know, we, we don't really sponsor. We just, we, we give them light and say, you know, hey, check this out. What, you know, what do you think? Test it out. Uh, because we want to get people's genuine uh, test results because, you know, we're confident that, you know, we've really narrowed it down and, and gotten that light spread um, to be optimal. So I agree with you. Yeah, light spread is critical. If you can't find a PAR chart for a light, kind of a red flag to me. Um, and we obviously offer PAR charts for all of our fixtures, but also there's plenty of third-party testing that's been done. I had a company hit me up last week, and they sent me their, a picture of their grow light, and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, we're looking for somebody to test it or promote the grow light. And so I started asking about the questions. I'm like, so what's the par at the mm. different levels? There's no par chart. And they said, what's par? Oh. <laughs> just, <laughs> the conversation ended pretty quickly there. But, yeah, uh, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard of that. Yeah. yeah. What's par? Yeah, I, wow. There's so many different companies on the market today that you just dig into it, do your due diligence, mm -hmm. make sure they know what they're talking about because there's people at these companies and lights that are out there that are just hot garbage and uh, the people working for those companies don't know what they're doing. So yeah. it's good to, to go with a company that um, actually knows what they're talking about for sure. Right. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty scary not knowing what power <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, moving on to uh, efficacy. Talk to us about efficacy. What's all around you, almost everywhere you look, and makes your life better? Birds. Learn all about these beautiful creatures in this wonderful new podcast called Birds of a Feather Talk Together. Two experts guide two newbies on their journey to learn more. Mallard ducks, ivory-billed woodpeckers, Hawaiian honeycreepers, blue jays, cardinals, sandhill cranes, and more. Each week we discuss a different bird and walk away with a better understanding of the birds all around us. Oh, and we have a ton of fun doing it. Listen now. 
You're going to like learning about these birds. I guarantee it. Yeah, so efficacy is essentially, in layman's terms, how efficiently a grow light can take input wattage and turn it into usable par, uh, which is what you want. This is like one of the most important uh, you know, specifications or metrics that you can look at for a grow light because you could have a thousand watts, but if you have an efficacy, you know, below, you know, let's say, you know, one micromole per joule, you're not really getting a whole lot of uh, output, you know, in terms of what your plants can use. And so when you have a low efficacy and a high input wattage, you're losing a lot to heat. You're losing a lot of energy to heat, which heat is basically almost every grower's worst enemy, unless you're somewhere that's extremely, you know, cold. But generally, you never really want to have uh, your thousand watts being turned into a lot of heat. So efficacy is one thing that we put a lot of focus on. Uh, we strive to have the most efficacious light, you know, is in basically every regard, you know, in every single Growcraft fixture that we have. And recently, we actually launched the pre-orders for Growcraft Ultra, which, Chris, I know you've checked it out. Um, so we have the, the Growcraft Ultra, which is our ultra-efficient fixture. You know, it's, it basically takes the Growcraft fixture, which is already great, and it takes things up a notch, and that's done through, uh, you know, making sure we have the highest quality components possible and having more diodes. So we basically, you know, an X3330 on the Ultra has 4,104 diodes, uh, which is, you know, quite a few. You know, if you, you guys who have, you know, kind of paid attention to grow light technology, that's kind of unheard of, you know, to have a three-bar light fixture with only 330 watts. And so what that does is it basically drives down the wattage per diode, and when you do that, it actually increases the efficacy of the diodes and they run cooler. And since we have this, these overbuilt heat sinks, it, you know, they run even cooler. And so they, they run very efficiently. And, and uh, you know, what that leads to is basically minimizing the amount of input wattage you need, which is great. You know, everyone wants to reduce uh, electric, electrical use. And so basically what you could compare it to is, is we have our X3 500 watt standard Growcraft and we have an X3 330 Ultra. And that Ultra is producing similar uh, total PPF to the X3 500 watt, but obviously it uses less wattage. Um, now the cost is higher because the cost for us is a lot higher. We're using the absolute highest possible bin and best diodes on the market, and they're hard to get. They're very hard to get, especially right now with all the shortages. And so that, co that cost is a cost that, that we have to have, but it's something that I think is worth it because we're pushing the industry forward and really showing what is possible, right? So the X3 330 Ultra, you know, with a 3.19 micromole per joule efficacy is the highest lab tested ever to date so far. And the standard, you know, Growcraft lights, they're not far away from that, but this jump, you know, it takes a lot to get to, uh, but really just shows what's possible. And so having a high efficacy is very important. And like I said, we strive to have that in all fixtures, and we even hit that record, you know, with with the Ultra. But that doesn't mean the standard Growcraft has a low efficacy. It's still, you know, class leading. Uh, the X6 600 watt standard Growcraft, for example, um, at full power has a 2.81 micromole per joule efficacy, which, um, you know, you can kind of look around at other grow lights. It's pretty high, and that's it's backed by lab test, which is another thing that's really really big. It's important to make sure that the company you're buying from has lab tests done on their fixtures so that you know that they're not just making these numbers up. You know, like I said, there's a lot of misinformation in the industry and a lot of manufacturers who aren't afraid to lie. And that's not something that Chill does. Uh, it's not something I would ever support. Um, so uh, 
just make sure you pay attention to to the efficacy and you make sure that your fixture has a high efficacy that way you're making the most of that wattage so efficacy measurement like you mentioned micromoles per joule so when you're looking at the grow light listing you'll see umol slash j for joule um sometimes the the u is actually a uh, symbol it looks like a u but it's actually Mm. it stands for micro it's a symbol that stands for micro so micromole per joule um, here in 2021, I think many can agree that anything under 2.0 micromoles per joule is not efficient. Mm-hmm. We're way beyond that. I think average, what I usually see, 2.7, 2.8, or even beyond that, micromole per joule. And some people consider efficacy like the number one thing they look at. They look at that before they even look at the PAR numbers. Mm-hmm. Or again, like I mentioned, some people look at PAR, they prioritize PAR over e- efficacy. But um, there's neck and neck there as far as what to look for. Good. Spectrum. Spectrum mm-hmm. is another big thing that people yeah. look at. You know, you've got the spectrum chart with all the colors going on there. Talk to us about spectrum. Yeah, spectrum is very important, obviously. Uh, you know, right now we offer under standard growcraft two spectrums. We have the flower slash full cycle spectrum or the veg spectrum. And now I have a lot of people that will ask, you know, which one should I get? Which one's for me? I, I want to, you know, I want to be able to go from seed to harvest. And that's, that would be the flower slash full cycle spectrum. And the reason for that is that spectrum from the white diodes alone, there's almost 20% blue spectrum already. And so it veges really quite well. And, uh, but you also have that advantage of when you hit flower, you know, you've got plenty of red, you know, uh, basically it's, it's a really well-balanced spectrum that's just geared towards flower. And so, uh, it's been fine-tuned over many years. Chilled was started in 2016 and Vitaly has been messing with LEDs, our founder uh, for a long time and has basically found out the best recipe for a single channel light, um, that really does everything great and, you know, performs very well in flower. So if you want to get the veg spectrum, that that spectrum has more blue, or uh, I guess it focuses on 450 nanometer blue. And so you lose a little bit of, uh, you know, far red with the 660 nanometer in, you know, uh, in exchange for more blue, which in vegetative growth, or if you have leafy greens like lettuce and stuff like that, um, they prefer more of a blue spectrum uh, to help, you know, overall lateral lateral growth, uh, you know, keep that internodal spacing very tight. Uh, and basically, you know, just overall some slight improvements when you go for a veg spectrum for vegetative growth, but it's not required. Um, with those two spectrums, we also are going to be releasing our guardian system, which allows people to add spectrum bars. And those spectrum bars, they add UV, um, infrared, a little bit more deep red and far red, and more 450 nanometer blue. And what that allows you to do is to manipulate the spectrum because first of all, not all plant genetics like the exact same spectrum. Some of them prefer uh, more blue spectrum or more red spectrum. Uh, for example, if you have a very tall um, plant that's just growing very stretchy, what you can do is use more blue spectrum to help kind of tighten it down, get those nodes to, to grow a little tighter um, and not have such a tall, lanky plant. So that's not required, but it's some, something that I think a lot of people enjoy to play with and really get to mess with the morphology of a plant, which uh, I think is fascinating. I love that. Um, but again, not required. The standard grow craft full cycle slash flower spectrum has been fine-tuned for seed to harvest growth. And most of our commercial growers currently use that. And 
Um, you know, as you've probably seen with a lot of the pictures on our Instagram and stuff, it's got great results. It's really, really kicking it out there. And uh, I think a lot of people would be very satisfied with that spectrum. Man, I don't have too much to add to that. You covered, you covered just about everything there. <laughs> um, but I do want to highlight the, the blue spectrum for the vegetative stage. So blue light inhibits cell division. That's what causes the, the tighter node spacing on the plants. A lot of people prefer that for medicinal varieties, for example, um, so they don't have these long, stretchy, mm -hmm. lengthy plants, so they'll have a higher blue spectrum. Now, typically, uh, what I've been told is between 15 to 20% blue. Now, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to look at – companies don't really advertise what percentage – uh, the, the different colors are, unfortunately. Right. So, and you can't just look at the par map, uh, I'm sorry, the spectrum chart, mm -hmm. see that there's a blue spike and you, you can't tell what percent blue is no matter how big the spike is or no matter how it looks. You could probably reach out to manufacturer and maybe ask them what percentage of blue is, but I consider that definitely one of the more important things when talking about spectrum for sure. So. Yeah. One other thing I want to add about spectrum is you will see a lot of companies, without naming names, that will add UV, like a diode or two, or add infrared in a diode or two. And it's such a you know small amount just so that they can say that their spectrum includes it. And I think there's a lot of a misconception where people think adding UV or infrared makes a massive difference, even in small quantities. It really, it really doesn't make a big difference when you only have a tiny little bit of it. Um, and so when you see companies that add just like one diode of UV, don't be fooled. You know, it's such a small amount that's kind of even hard to see on a spectrograph, you know, if you're using a, a reader to test it. Um, so make sure if you have UV included that you look at the spectrograph, you know, and make sure that it's at, you know, you can actually see it, um, especially, you know, especially if it's backed by, you know, lab data. Um, so don't be, you know, don't worry too much about, you know, having a, just a diode or two of UV. Um, that's, you know, it doesn't make a, as big of a difference as having the proper spectrum overall. And there are going to be some people out there, like some lighting scientists actually said that photons are photons, you know, and mm -hmm. the spectrum is very little importance of it. So you're going to hear a lot of different things depending on who you talk about. There's, you know, we could get in deeper mm -hmm. on UV, we could get into green light, we could get into IR, but um, that's really probably best suited for a different video um, right because right. we start talking about plant growth and stuff like that this is more of like a a buyer's guide on, on what you should look for on, on that avenue but um but yeah that spectrum is another thing to look at uh, another thing that i don't see on many grow light listings anymore i feel like i used to like four or five years ago is cri mm -hmm. can you talk to us a little bit about cri yeah so cri is is the color rendering index and that's basically how accurately a light source can represent natural color. Um, now with that, there's also, uh, you know, color temperature. So it can get a little confusing. And there's even been some considerations of using a different metric for LEDs, because LEDs have, have gotten so, you know, so um, accurate with color and stuff like that. And there's such a wide uh, range. But one of the funny things is that Growcraft actually has approximately a 93 CRI, which 100 being, uh, you know, it perfectly represents what color or, or something would look like under natural lighting. And so uh, with that, you know, as opposed to something like a blurple or some of the other lights, uh, your, your plant is going to look, you're going to be able to see things on it, right? It looks like it's just under the sunlight. Uh, so you can really see, you know, what's going on on the leaves or, you know, if you have any weird growth, maybe some, some powdery mildew or anything like that, uh, that, you, you know, you want to be aware of right away. Uh, so having a high CRI, kind of a side benefit uh, that Growcraft does have 
Um, as opposed to, you know, like a, uh, you, you could compare it to a bad example is, or I guess a good example is a, is a blurple light, which uh, if you've ever worked under a blurple light uh, is not great. It's not fun because it's, first of all, it's not very good for your eyes, but you also, you can't really see it. And it has a low CRI because uh, we don't see the world in blurple, thankfully. Honestly, CRI isn't something I really even look at, but uh, but that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I think probably we don't see it as in many listings is because a lot of these lights are white light LEDs. Mm-hmm. Would you think that that would probably be the case why people don't mention CRI as much anymore? Or? Uh, I think CRI is just something that's more focused on for the photography industry, right? Because you're, you're it's more of a selling point for something like that, where if you're working with you know any sort of color correction or um, you know making sure that things are represented appropriately, you know, it's, that's something that's more for, for like making a movie or taking pictures and stuff like that. But it's, it's a side benefit of a grow light, right? It's, it's not something that's critical, but you could also assume that if something has a high CRI, um, it probably is pretty accurate to what sunlight is, you know, what sunlight actually looks like. And that's where plants grow, right? Uh, originally plants, you know, started growing outside. And so having a high CRI kind of indicates, yeah, you have a more white spectrum or, uh, accurate to this, what sunlight is. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Energy consumption. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Watts. So 10 years ago, it was all about Watts, right? 600 Watts for a four by four thousand Watts for a five by five. And that was what people shopped by. They shopped by Watts. That's not really the case anymore when we moved over to LEDs, right? Mm-hmm. So Watts is a measurement of energy consumption. You can take that number and you can actually uh, use that. And as long as you have a kilowatt per hour from your electricity company, you can actually figure out what your electricity bill would be by doing um, a calculation there. So that's mostly what people use watts for. They don't really use it these days as an intensity factor. I mean, you mentioned the um, watts per square foot earlier, Mm -hmm. but, you know, really watts is still being misused a a lot these days. Um, There's no longer, you don't really need 600 watts in a four by four anymore. You can get away with 400, 450 watts, some of these grow lights, mm-hmm. and it, it spends on efficiency. And it kind of goes back to the, the efficacy we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. How efficient is the grow light? Talk to us about watts. What else do people need to know? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, there's a lot of misconceptions on wattage and uh, you know how much wattage you really need just depends on that efficacy. Uh, you know, We still use our, like our X6, for example, which is our best four by four light. We offer it in a 600 watt four that we, um, suggest for for flowering a four by four, and I think that it's not required to have 600 watts even with a high efficacy, but it certainly helps. You know, having a, a high wattage with a high efficacy means you're really able to push the plants hard. And back to kind of like supplementing CO2 with our X6 600 watt in a four by four, you're you're probably going to want to have CO2 to really get the most out of it, or else you're going to end up probably having to dim your light. Uh, without it. But yeah, you can stretch an X6 600 watt to a 5x5 with no problem. Um, That's 600 watts these days, it will cover it. You know, having a 2.81 micromole per joule efficacy really makes the most of each watt. And back to the Ultra, it pushes that even further. You could use our X3 330 watt Ultra, which, you know, does come at a higher cost. You could use that in a 4x4 though and get great results and still have um, a good, you know, average PPFD across the canopy. So yeah, wattage has really changed. Um, But one thing to also consider is that all grow lights and their efficacy is not the same. So you cannot compare um, the wattage you might find on this model to the wattage on this model. You've got to pay attention to back to, you know, making sure you look at the wattage, the efficacy, the total PPF, 
Um, the total, P the average PPFD across the growth space that you want to use it in. Um, basically, you have to use all those factors to figure out which light will be best for you and the plants you're growing, um, and the desired stage that you're growing at. Um, but yeah, wattage is it's we're definitely ha seeing a decline in the need for a high input wattage, but also at the same time increasing um, total output. You know, as opposed to like a, a thousand watt HPS, which yeah, you needed a thousand watts to cover a five by five. Um, you know, effectively, but you know, not anymore. We're definitely bringing down that wattage, so it's nice to see. Yeah, and, and then like you had mentioned, even if you're putting a 600 watt, one of the chilled 600 watts in a four by four, you can always dim it down if you don't have yeah. that CO2 mm -hmm. supplementation. That's features is another thing to look at, right? I highly recommend you get a, a dimmer on your grow light these days, just because mm -hmm. you have that flexibility to um, reduce the amount of energy you're consuming therefore reducing your electricity bill, right? Mm -hmm. um, you may even be able to get the light closer to your plants if you're dimming it down. Um, so it helps when you talk about light distance. So it just adds flexibility mm -hmm. having a dimmer in there. You know, that's a feature to, to potentially look at. Detached driver is another thing, mm -hmm. right? So some of these grow lights, chilled grow lights, you can actually put the driver, which produces heat, outside of your grow tent. For example, if you're, hiding, if you're having it in the grow tent. So that heat that's generated from the driver, it's not going into your environment. So you have that, or you have fixtures. Some, you know, some companies will have the driver mounted to the actual fixture. Mm -hmm. And again, that produces heat, increases mm -hmm. heat. So that's a potential feature to look at if a heat is a concern for you. Uh, 120 volt, 240 volt, like, you know, that's something else you got to look at. Um, what features do you think that consumers should be looking at these days? Definitely the dimmer, like you said. I, I don't think I, I would really even want to grow light without a dimmer just because uh, maybe it's just because I'm so used to, to how nice it is having the, the chilled Growcraft lights with a dimmer because uh, you never know what you're going to be growing. You know, truthfully, you could be growing this one time and then next time you want to do this or, you know, your plants might need different intensities based on their genetics or, uh, you know, you change your light, your distance or, you know, your grow environment. It's so nice to be able to, uh, you know, change the dim in your grow light. I think that's extremely important. And this isn't, you know, the, the meanwhile drivers that we use, we use the 48B um, is the last you know, uh, serial numbers of the, the meanwhile drivers we use. And these have an external dimmer and we have a dimmer uh, pot or potentiometer that has a very smooth five to 100% um, intensity range. And that way you can really, use, you can use the light for really anything at any stage of growth. Um, or if, you know, you, you need to, for whatever reason, you know, kind of reduce your, your heat temporarily. Um, you can kind of reduce, reduce the, the intensity while you, you know, let's say your AC broke or something like that, but you want to keep the light on its light schedule. Um, you can do that and reduce the dim, get the heat down. Um, but yeah, that kind of goes into another thing too, uh, is, is basically having that, that driver. You can put the driver in the tent if you need. Let's say it's winter time um, and where you live, it gets very, very cold. And you know, with the reduced heat output of LED versus HPS that you could potentially be used to, uh, you, know, you, you may need that heat. And so you can put the driver in the tent but yeah, like you said, you can remove it out. We include with all of our Growcraft fixtures, both DIY kit and the pre-built commercial, a, a seven-foot extension that goes from the driver to the fixture. And then we also have six and a half feet from the wall plug to the fixture. But you can also always come back to our site and get um, more of that extension cable. Now, I don't typically suggest going over 21 feet from the driver to the fixture because then you have to start worrying about uh you know losing wattage um, and things like that so typically we just suggest 21 feet 
uh, which gives you plenty of room to you know mount it on the wall outside of your room or um, put you know a lot of people will just put it on top of the grow tent or just on the floor um, really anywhere and you can remove that heat which is to me is an awesome feature that uh, a lot of grow lights miss out on you know you, you'll see especially quantum boards you'll see they have the driver mounted to the fixture um, and so there's not really the ability to remove that heat but also not having the driver on top of the fixture reduces the heat of the grow light and like i mentioned before uh you know essentially a cool diode or a chill diode is a happy diode and one that lasts longer but also can be more efficacious so yeah having that re external removable driver it's an excellent feature that i think um, a lot of other companies should have getting into drivers diodes the components of the fixture right that's a lot of people mm -hmm. put a lot of emphasis on that, you know, diodes, Samsung, we've got Osram, Cree, Bridgelux, Epistar. There's just mm -hmm. so many different diode brands out there. Drivers, you got Meanwell, Inventronics, uh, Sosan, there's on and on and on. <clears throat> Give us some advice about what people should look for when it comes to looking at the diodes, mm -hmm. looking at the drivers, the components of the fixture. Yeah. So the diodes is obviously one that a lot of people pay attention to. Um, but you know with chilled we don't publicly disclose the exact model number but i can tell you you know for the for the white chips we use top bin samsung's um, basically the, the highest that you can get and uh, we don't disclose the reds but if you look at the numbers in the lab results it's very becomes very clear especially to someone who's experienced with grow lights that we must be using the best of the best and to achieve those numbers we have to be using the best um, but with you know with the diodes there's also the drivers so there's kind of two main manufacturers that you should look for. Uh, there's Meanwell, which uh, you know typically is the most efficient, and then there's Invitronics, which is also a uh, pretty efficient and good brand. And then there's there's many other side brands with kind of no names, which I can't speak on directly, but uh, don't always have the best reliability. So I typically would suggest looking for a Meanwell or Invitronics driver. Like I said, we use Meanwell. We use one of their most efficient drivers. And uh, has that, ex you know, it's a little bit more expensive, but has that external dimmer that we connect the dimmer pot to um, for that really smooth uh, dimming, zero, zero to or five to 100 percent. Um, also, another thing that I want to hit on is basically the overall build quality of the fixture. This is something that surprises a lot of people when they first get their uh, Growcraft light. They're absolutely blown away by the build quality. And I think that it's something that we have an offer that a lot of companies don't it is really having a really robust strong, sturdy, American-made, good-looking uh, structure. And our U-frames are actually made locally in Arlington, just down the road from us. And they're powder-coated the other way down the road um, in Arlington, Washington. And they're such a high-quality piece. It's, it's hard to see over pictures and videos uh, just how sturdy and solid these things are. And we have those really, really nice overbuilt aluminum heat sinks and yeah they just the build quality is often referred to as, as like an aerospace grade which i totally agree with you know actually i heard that from a from a customer one time and i'm like yeah that's that is true it does look like it's aircraft grade you know it's built really strong so you don't ever have to worry about dropping this thing uh, no i don't suggest dropping it but uh a while back uh you know later last year we released a video just kind of a funny spoof video where we dropped uh you know dropped a growcraft light off of a ladder and truth be told that did happen we did it many times because there was multiple cuts and this thing was still fine no problems at all i don't suggest it again but uh it was totally fine and it's because of that really really strong structure that i think a lot of other companies miss out on you know they, they these are kind of some of the spots they'll cheap out on is 
is uh, this is the build quality. And so you don't you don't want a flimsy grow light. You don't want that. But also, we 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 spent a little more time and research and development, and, and it costs a little more. But we've created a fixture that um, has replaceable parts as well. Um, so basically, you if let's say you had a PCB go bad or for whatever reason, um, you actually hit it with something and, and you know broke broke a diode or whatever. You can always pop in a new PCB. We sell these on our site, uh, you know, for very reasonable cost. We even offer B grade, which is just they're just slightly scratched, no no physical um, damage or anything like that. Uh, so that's another part of build quality. I think that's very important is just having a very very sturdy light that's going to last you a long time. Uses you know like I said, top bin Samsungs and really just the best diodes in the market. Having that good driver having the external dimmer, um, all those kind of things I think are, are very important to look at. Yeah, and, and paying a little extra for that stuff I think is, is worth it as well. And kind of getting into the price, prices can vary so much. I mean, mm -hmm. we're looking at for a, a four foot by four foot coverage area, lights ranging from $700 all the way up to like $1,400 for some lights, something even more than that for that particular coverage area. So mm -hmm. prices can range like crazy. And that's gonna be one of the things that folks look at, right, is the price. Now, one of the things that Chilled does, which I thought was pretty interesting on your website, you list a couple measurements for price, things that consumers can look at, which is price mm -hmm. per watt and price per micromole. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about those two? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the price per watt is one that I typically steer away from. I know a, a lot of people, especially some of the more old school people, they really focus on that price per watt, back to wattage being more important previously than it is now, right? And to me, wattage is not what you should be focusing on because truthfully, a high-end, high-efficient grow light doesn't need as much input wattage as a cheaper one. And so you start looking at the dollar per watt and things can get a little weird because you're like, well, this, this light shows that it outputs this much PPF, uh, but it has much lower wattage. And so the dollar per watt, you know, is, is can be messed up. So I prefer to look at, uh, you know, dollar per, per micromole, which is something that, that I think that we, we do very well in. And that's because having an eye high efficacy and, you know, uh, having that respectable wattage number, basically your, your main focus is micromoles. Cause that's what your plant is using. It's using those photons, right. Um, to see, you know, what, what the, the, the total, uh, you know, light output is. You're basically that's what you're focused on is, is making sure your plant gets the light it needs at as cheap of a cost as possible. That makes sense mm -hmm. for sure. Now, all that being said, you know, you've, we've been through everything there, right? You've, mm -hmm. you look to buy coverage area for the light. You make sure that the light distance is going to fix, uh, fit within your gross space, par, efficacy, spectrum. You're looking at all those things, watts, features. You've narrowed down the price. You found your fixture. You buy the fixture and it junks out within six months and you realize that the warranty only lasts five months. <laughs> so warranty is definitely something. What I'm getting at is warranty yeah. is another thing you should be looking at, right? So uh, we'll wrap it up there as far as warranty. Some companies are gonna just going to give you one year. Mm -hmm. You've got one year. If the fixture burns out on you after that, it's on you. Some companies that do a three-year, but mm -hmm. if some of the components burn out after a year, you got to pay for the components, you got to pay for shipping or something along those lines. Then you have some that have a full warranty. So three years, full warranty. Mm -hmm. They'll do the fixture back and forth. As far as shipping costs, they'll pay for the components. So some people have the five-year warranty. Mm -hmm. So there are many different warranties, and it varies by LED Grow Light Company. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about warranty? Yeah, warranty is a big one. So on our DIY kits, our, our cheaper um, fixtures you got to assemble yourself, 
they have a one-year parts warranty, which is kind of unheard of for a DIY product to offer that because you, the assembly is in your hands. We essentially give you parts, kind of like Legos, and then are saying if you have any problem with parts within a year, we will cover, you know, if you're in the States, we'll cover shipping both ways and, you know, we'll pay for the return part and you'll be basically up and running typically, you know, around a week. We basically, from the time you email in saying, hey, uh, I had a bad PCB or, or uh, one of my diodes is out or, or anything like that, or if you have a faulty meanwhile driver, uh, we basically will send you a new one within a day. You know, we're, we're very, very big on that because, you know, us all being growers ourselves, we understand that the more time that your grow light is down, um, the worse it can be, especially, you know, if you're, you're any, you know, you're, you're growing really any plant, I guess, but especially like a medicinal plant, uh, you know, having that grow light go down could, could cost you your, your harvest, which is not something you want to have. You don't want to have a grow light go down. You got to wait, you know, a long time for a warranty, or you got to send the whole thing out and basically have it repaired. Um, you know, we'll send you parts out right away. So the commercial grow craft fixtures have a three-year warranty, which allows you the ability, if you have any problems with the light at all, uh, you can send the grow light back to us and we will fix it. Um, usually the turnaround is pretty quick, you know, under a month for sure, you can basically have a problem, reach out to us, send us the fixture, we fix it, send it back. Um, but also we do, again, back to understanding that, you know, the longer your grow light is down, the worse. Uh, we allow you the ability to just have parts sent to you. We are willing to send parts, cover shipping again with your, if you're within the States. And uh, you can basically just swap out the part and you're good to go. The Growcraft fixtures, they're, they're very easy to work on. That's one thing that we really focused on was the modularity and the ability to just basically swap parts out quickly. Because again, you, you just can't have your grow light go down. That's not something anyone wants. Um, you can lose a whole harvest because of it. Um, so again, three-year warranty, on the commercial fixtures, one year parts warranty on the DIY. And again, we don't, there's no sort of fine print in that warranty where uh, a lot of companies they'll offer a, a three year warranty, but after the first year you have to cover shipping uh, most of the time, both ways, or you have to start covering uh, the labor cost to fix it after two years. We don't do any of that. If you have a problem and it's, you know, it's been two years, we treat you as if you just got the fixture, you know, we don't, we don't play any games with you on the warranty. And again, we're very quick about it. We are, we have one main location and it's in Arlington, Washington in the States. So you're, you don't have to wait for this to go overseas or anything like that. And you can always, you can almost always call us. Um, even if we don't answer, you can shoot us an email and we typically respond within 24 hours, even on the weekends when we're not in the office. Um, I'm always checking and making sure everyone's taken care of. Um, shoot us a DM too, if you want on any of our social media, you know, chill grow lights. And uh, we'll take care of you. You know, we're, we're here to help people and we're growers. And we basically just try to provide the best experience we can possible when it comes to warranty because no one likes warranty claims, no matter what the product is. It's not fun to have a problem. And we'd make sure we make that as easy and as quick as possible. Yeah, warranty. I mean, definitely, definitely look at that so you don't get screwed. That's mm -hmm. for sure. But yeah, we covered a lot. So, you know, <laughs> I, uh, before we, when I got this idea for the video and when I contacted you, I'm like, man, this is going to be a good video where things are going to be explained so easily and people are going to get it. And it's going to be all smooth. Looking back, what we just recorded, there's a lot of things mm -hmm. to consider when purchasing a grow light. And there are people that are going to leave this conversation still confused and still not know which way to go. Definitely. It's hard. It's hard. And sometimes I feel like I'm bad at explaining, but, um, I always just try to suggest people to just reach out to me. You know, I love talking about it and I'll 
as you can see, I'll just keep talking and talking and talking. Um, but it's because I just genuinely enjoy it. And I think there's so much misinformation and people are misled so often. Um, and I really just want to help. Even if you, at the end of our conversation, you don't end up buying our light, that's fine with me. I feel like I've helped, you know, I've done my part. And that's kind of our whole mission with Chilled is um, to not just just sell lights and, and turn a profit. It's, you know, uh, from the beginning, Vitaly's mission has always been to educate people, help drive a, better, a more sustainable, efficient future, and really just get people into growing. You know, I don't want anyone to feel intimidated with growing because there's too much information. Um, so please, you know, always just reach out to us. Um, like I said, even if you're not buying something, let's talk. Let's let's figure it out. Let's figure out what's best for you, and uh, we'll make it as easy as possible. Cool. So how can the listeners find you, and what does Chill Tech have upcoming in the future? Yeah, so listeners could find, you know, me and Chilled really all over the place. You know, we try to be on all sorts of social media. So Twitter, you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, you know, at Chilled Grow Lights. You can find us on YouTube, Chilled Grow Lights, um, email service at chilledgrowlights.com. You can find me all over the place there. You know, we're even in the uh, Ocean Grown Discord, and uh, we hope to expand even further as time goes on. And, uh, you know, I don't have to wear so many hats, you know, because right now um, my focus is kind of all over the place. And uh, I try to be as many places as possible, but hopefully that'll expand even further. Some of the things that we have coming up, if you guys haven't seen already, we have our Guardian system coming out. And that system includes, you know, a touchscreen, a controller, uh, spectrum bars, which add, you know, that UV, infrared, deep red, far red, uh, more blue. And then all these sensors that we're going to be having, we're, you know, we're going to have CO2 sensors, um, PAR sensors, all sorts of sensors to basically automate as much as you can with your grow and monitor things and, and be able to data log. Um, and then with that, we also have our Ultra, our chilled uh, Growcraft Ultra fixtures that are coming out. And those, again, those are kind of a, a more of a limited run. They're, you could view them as kind of our, our supercar, if you would. Um, so if you want one of those, definitely hop in and pre-order one. Um, but those will be coming in the future. But we, we plan to stick with the current Growcraft design for a while. We you know, may expand here and there. Um, but mostly our focus is to keep building upon what is already great and already there, um, as opposed to replacing it. Because you know, what's there is truly great. Um, and this Guardian system and stuff like that will really just help um, elevate it. So if you want spectrum control or you're interested in any of that, um, definitely head to our YouTube channel and you know check out some of our explanation videos. Um, but also we're going to have a lot more content on that soon. And hopefully you know I could potentially come back on the show uh, when it's all done and fully released and not just pre-order and kind of maybe show you or talk to you about it. And maybe someday you know we could potentially hook you up with the system. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. So lots of good stuff there. Yeah. I will leave a link to the Chill Tech YouTube channel down in the description section below and also link the Chill Tech website down in the description section below along with the coupon code. So yeah. Mr. Grow, it's going to give you 10% off this month and then every other month it's just 5%. So if you're watching this in June mm -hmm. 2021, head on over there for that 10% for sure. And I'd love to know in the comment section of you guys watching, what do you look for? when it comes to buying a grow light mm -hmm. like we went over a whole bunch of things here uh, did we miss anything is there anything that you consider a higher priority so on and so forth so let us know down in the comment section below austin thank you so much for coming onto the show today i truly appreciate it and i hope you enjoy the rest of your day yeah absolutely thank you chris